are you doing with a Gmail account? <laughs> Good morning, Charlotte, again. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Four Transplants and a Microphone. We are talking branding today, and we have a guest-turned-guest host joining us again, Scott Hensley. We'll do some voice intros in a minute. But as always, we're here about the small business community in Charlotte. We're thinking about moving here, living here, already move here, or already have moved here, already do business here, anything along those lines. We are here to give you a whole lot of laughs and a whole lot of information. So this has been Jack Tompkins. In that order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Information is kind of a secondary thought. I'm Jack Tompkins with Pineapple Consulting Firm. Brandon Avenia with Spirit Data Solutions. Brian Johnson with Maine and Johnson. Scott Hensley with Ipivix Express Solutions. Excellent. So we've all we've all got different brands. We've all got very unique brand identities to an extent. We all overlap with with the different groups that we're a part of, with the similar types of clients that we have. But every brand tells a story, and all of us are telling a different story. So. We're kind of talking the business side of branding, not personal branding, but business branding. And we're going to start there and see where it goes. So, Brandon, I know you've got some thoughts on I business may, branding. I may or may I not may have, have come up once or twice, but go ahead, start us off. So one of the things that I've seen, and, and it's funny, the, the thing that really brought it up is there was a company that approached a boss that I had working in California, and they were in a brand image company. So I'm sitting in the office, and I'm talking to them, and... They're going, you know, we can get your website, we'll get you branded, you know, we can do all these different things and blah, blah, blah. And then she sits down and she says, okay, my my email is at gmail.com. I started laughing. Like, I literally laughed in her face. And she goes, well, what's so funny? I said, you're an imaging company and you're using Gmail? Yeah. I said, how... How was that even possible? I said, you can find us at four transplants at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> are you a real business? Right. Well, how well that's the question in- though. Yeah. Well, and then I asked her, I said, what possible reason can you use Gmail? I said, I said a domain costs 30 bucks and emails 10. Well, e- even if you use Google, if you go to like Google suite, you can still have a domain name. Right. right. And, and she, through what you know as Gmail. Right. right. And her ex- I'm going to call it an excuse because there's no better word for it. It's like, oh, well, because I can get my email from anywhere. I can do this. I was like, it's called exchange or, you know, any. It's called the Internet. Like, yeah, you can get your email from anywhere on a things. phone. Yeah. <laughs> the 30,000 foot. Right. That. Yeah. <laughs> they put that in the parking lot for a later date. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, I, I and, and I just picking on that company because they were an image company. But I feel that cuts across the board. If you're using as a business using Gmail, AOL, and I had a customer forever was using AOL. And I was like, you have to stop doing this. You're a bookkeeping company. You're dealing with sensitive data. You cannot run your email through AOL. You just can't. So from an IT perspective, there's it's not just a branding thing, right? There's actual, like, if, if you have an at Gmail, it's, I don't want to say more public, but there's, there's well, IT risks with that, right? Yeah, so there's actually, HIPAA has one of them. So a HIPAA compliance, you cannot use a free email service okay because one of the things that just data <laughs> well data i mean because People if it's free you're you're the product so if if it's free they're able to read your email so when they're doing they're scanning your email there's no coincidence mm-hmm. that if you get an email from ford all of a sudden you're going to get start getting ford ads you're going to get so in your little side you know thing of yeah google whatever you have in your email that's going to start coming up because they're scanning your email and looking for that data to hmm. focus ads at you. So they're actually reading the email, whether it's AI or, you know, 
someone doing it, but I'm assuming it's AI. But AOL does it, Hotmail does it, all those free services do. Hotmail, that's always a fun one to say. Yeah, Hotmail, <laughs> now Outlook.com. But those are you know issues that if you're dealing with sensitive data, you shouldn't be sending them through free email servers. You should be just spending money. It's, right. it's not expensive to have your own email with your own domain. You know, we're talking if you have an office of 10 or 15, it's maybe going to cost you 100 bucks a month. And that's with the fancy high-end <laughs> copy of Office. And that's the thing. Like, if you're on an individual email account, if you're a solopreneur and 20 bucks is going to break the bank, then, you know, you're probably not a good client, referral partner, business owner. Like. Well, you're projecting what you are. Right, exactly. And, and exactly. no one needs to project what they are. You project what you want to be. And so, you know... In terms of value and, and, and credibility, I mean, because that's what, really what it comes down to. If you're telling me I can have $20 where I might, like somebody has to talk to me to really understand where my business is at, they don't just have to look at my domain and be like, well, I can tell you where it's at. Right. And that, there's no conversation to be had. So yep. I, think, I think it shoots credibility in the foot quickly. Yep. Because you're probably a better business than what your email address says. Correct. Yeah. That, that's, yeah that's exactly... True. The image you're putting out is, I couldn't be bothered with having a domain or, you know, it, all the things that you put together as a business, whether you have a LinkedIn account, websites, hosted, you know, an email with an actual domain, all those things lend credibility to your business. Yep. If you go out and someone sees that you don't have a website, you don't have a LinkedIn account, you don't have a domain, like are you actually a business? The first thing I think of is Gmail is spammer. Right. Like it's a spammer or a scam. Like mm -hmm. those are the things that I see when I see Gmail. Don't even look at the subject, just nope. delete. Yep. Delete. I don't even, yeah. I do not even read them. Just yeah. they go straight to the trash bin. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And like I said, that's, that is everything in a business you, chips away at your credibility. So the more things you can have to be credible is, I think, super important. It's funny when I get a business card with an at Gmail on it. I'm like, okay, so you could spend a hundred bucks on a business card, but not twenty bucks on an email. And I don't even know if it's intentional. It no, may, that, that, it's probably I think not that's it. That's the right. biggest point is I don't think they're like there's not somebody out there saying, Hey, you've started a business. Here's what you need to do. Here's the things that are the most critical. Here's the things that you should spend money on. Here's the things you shouldn't. I mean, because even people that do what I do for, for small businesses, we're not typically focused on the ones that are at the beginning stages because typically they, one, don't have the cash to pay for what we do, but two, they haven't learned or failed enough to have experiences to say, this works for my business, this doesn't, because I, I don't want to be responsible to tell you how to run your business. I want to be more responsible to hear what you've done and where you want to go and help you make the right choices based on your preferences. But you can't have them if you've never tried or if you haven't been out long enough. Right. right. And some of it, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's kind of like a cry for help for something like, hey, can somebody just like give me one person to just say like, hey, here's everything you should do and I'm covered. Like I, I put myself in the best spot to succeed. So Yeah. Sounds like a great online module. Oof. There you go. Business coaching 101. Business starting 101. I don't know. Speaking of business starting, Scott, so you're, you're a few months, well, I'm close to a year into business. What is... What's the number? Uh, it was 10 months last episode. He was 10 months last episode. Okay, so he's, so he's 14 months now. Okay. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, because we're going to air this in like six right. months. So Even that math didn't work. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so what have you done from a branding perspective to get started? 
well, part of what I did is I partnered with Sales Acceleration, who it was basically turnkey, all the things Brandon was just talking about, right? Yeah. It's the it's the email signatures, it's the web page, it's, you know, all the, the branding and outside of my own consultant, you know, brand. Yeah, so that, w- that was sort of the easy yeah. turnkey opp- opportunity for me with what I'm doing. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. There's it, a well-known brand. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I said, as long as it's there. Well, and I think, too, I mean, your past, you, your personal past and brand becomes the business brand almost instantaneously because you're certainly going to leverage that more so than you are like, hey, my business has been out here for three months. We've helped three customers, you know, like sign us up. But what you've done prior to that becomes your lead in brand because you're going to leverage, well, here's what we do, but I know I can do this because here's what I've done. That's true. And and I think especially for... What I deliver for companies, it doesn't really matter what industry, right? And I think we can all probably agree with what we do. Industry isn't as important as what's broken, what needs to be fixed. And right. let, let's get our hands dirty and do it. Right? Yeah. And, and mindset, owner mindset. Mm-hmm. I think I, I had the conversation with you. I had it with Chuck Cooper. It's having that right mindset. If they're just not in the right space, it doesn't matter. You can tell them all day long. I have this conversation all yeah. the time. It, until a business owner reaches the point of exhaustion where they've tried to do everything on their own and they know that it's not working and they just want someone to take it off their plate and fix it, that's the person that we can help, yep. right? Yeah. It's not the ones that want to tell you what they are willing and are not willing to implement and they want to be involved in every single decision and tell you no every step of the way you you can't fix that business it's so true like some when i originally started i thought my best clients were going to be people that kind of got data maybe not fully maybe not to the extent that like my company does but they kind of got they're my worst clients because they're like oh like i could do this but i just want i want you to do it for like 20 bucks is that okay it's like no they're they're the worst clients the people that are my favorite clients are completely whatever side of the brain i think left brain is totally creative and right brain is mathematical, whatever. Mm-hmm. The creative side of the brain are, are my 100% best clients every time because they don't even get to the point of exhaustion. They, they start there. Mm. They're just, I want nothing to do with financials. I want nothing to do with data. I Just show me the pretty dashboard at the end. And they have been amazing to work with. Yeah. I, and I get that. I mean, it's an interesting thing where, and I've said it forever, is the business owners that have been in business for a while, they've gotten so used to hearing yes mm. all the time. Everyone around them, oh yeah, that's a great idea. No, it was stupid. That was a dumb idea. I don't even know why you were, why we're all, anyone- We're all entered. dumber for having heard that. Well, <laughs> but everyone's so afraid to say no, or maybe not. And so they just get in that thing and their ego takes over and they just are not willing to hear it's like you don't do that for a living. How would you even know if it was right or wrong? Yeah. They right. have you imposter know, syndrome, too. That's They don't want to admit that they're not the smartest person in the room. I yeah. am good with that. Like, I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. And why would I want to pound my head against the wall for months on end and spend endless amount of dollars to figure out that I didn't know that? Right. Right. And you get the value of, like... I'm going to hire an expert as opposed to banging my head against the wall for three months. Because that's three months of lost revenue 
that you right. could have been doing something better for. Or right? experimentation that right. is also expensive and time consuming and right. at the end you end up in the same spot. Yeah, exactly. There's no, yeah, you don't get any further. Yeah. It's just, wow, my head hurts. <laughs> yeah, my head hurts and now I'm a lot lighter in the bank account. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I'm curious, um, company name-wise, Mm, that's a good one. How yeah. did you come up with pineapple? Well, I, I mean, consulting. I get that question all the time. So I have a whole prepared video and answer to that. And the whole thing is like Southern hospitality and it's the opposite of data. You know, it helps. Pineapple is like very beachy, very Southern hospitality, very vacation-y. And when it's right side up. When it's right side up. Because upside down is swingers. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I data. learned that for the first time a week or two ago. Yeah. It's, I, that is one of the top questions that I get, but it's like the opposite of data. So it was a nice like balance between everything. But I like that none of us are like, like I would be in a lot of things, I'd be <coughs> Jack Tompkins and Associates with like a cityscape background for my website. And it's just all too generic for me. And I don't think any of us really do that. So <coughs> I'm curious where you guys came up with your company names and how does that play into the brand? Oh, well, for me, to be honest, when I was picking my domain... That was what was available. <laughs> no, I actually, we, we picked the company name, and I think we had some other stuff that we were looking at. And when we were looking at domains and stuff, they're crazy expensive. Anything with Superior was like fifteen to $20,000. I'm mm. like, what the... Holy like, I had crap. no idea. That's why we ended up with your data tech, but went with Superior Data Systems is the actual name of our company, but Superior Data Solutions is the DBA. And I just, one, I like Superior, and then I like Solutions better because everyone gets into the, as an MSP, their managed service provider. But really, we're in the Solutions game. Like, we need to sit down and figure out what, what solution no, we're providing. I, I'm, I'm only, I'm sorry, the only reason I'm laughing is because I was sitting there because Jack and I have a separate business that we're starting. And we actually Three started, well, yeah. <laughs> but we started with Malice Systems and now it's Seven Mile Solutions. And that was the same exact thing that we talked about was systems makes you sound like a type of company. Solutions sound a little bit more about what you're offering. Yeah. You know, and so like people that like the word systems makes me kind of cringe when I think if I'm going to call a company that's a systems, like they're going to be like huge and, and it's I don't know you're gonna get a robot to answer whether it's an actual yeah, human yeah, like or they're gonna a real be yeah, yeah they're they're not gonna be my type of people but no that yeah and, and, that's, and that's I mean a lot of times the service provider thing is there's that means to me when I hear that is like here this is what we do and this is what you're gonna get a solution provider every business is different everything mm -hmm. I mean we have our set product you know line but having that solutions part of it is important you need to be able to hear what the customer needs and create a solution, whether it's outside of what you do or, you know, maybe it's just not a fit at all, but at least you can provide a solution for them, get them to the right place right. and get them to where they need to be. And there's nothing wrong with even if they can't, we can't help them to get them into the right place to provide the solutions they need. And that's, that's why I like the solutions better than... Right. systems. You have a solution available, whether it's you or somebody else or a her partner or whatever. Yeah, everyone deserves yeah. A, a legitimate answer and and be pointed to the right spot. Like I right. said, whether they're new businesses existing that have been around a while or, you know, have a special need that they can have that. And totally agree. Yeah. So what about you, Brian? 
Yeah, Brian, go and so, and Jonathan. Where yeah, so I, and I get this one a lot too. I don't probably have as formulated an answer as you do, but you don't have a LinkedIn video. No, no, but, prep? no. no I don't. <laughs> you mean you just didn't think of it right now? I, no, that's, that's also not true. It was intentional. But like, if you've ever seen my logo, it's street signs, and so Maine is on kind of one direction, and Johnson is on the other. And you know, coming kind of from the corporate world in settling into what I wanted to do, one of the biggest things that I recognized early on was. And Scott, we talked a little bit about this the last time you were on, was I traveled so much, I never felt very connected to a community that I lived in. I always felt like, I mean, and I've got stories of like neighbors that I actually met in Charlotte that were three doors down from me in Toledo. Wow. And I met them here, not up there. But as I was kind of trying to figure out like what, what is the connotation to what I'm really trying to do, and for the local small businesses that we were looking at doing, I mean, it was sort of like Main Street businesses and me, my name, you know? And so that was like, we always, our tagline when we started was, you, what was it, success? You, oh, where the Charlotte community and success meet on the corner of Main and Johnson. And it was really trying to bring a local connotation into the, into the mix. I'd say you've done a pretty good job because like, I, I know that you have a website, but everything you do is referral based in person kind of thing. And like- Yes, almost exclusively. Most of your clients, if not all of them, are Mount Holly, Belmont. No, that's actually not. No, okay. No. We're probably about, I'd say about 40% Gaston County. We've got probably, I mean, I'm, I'm getting out of my counties. We'll just say like 40% is in my area. We probably have in the Lake Norman area, probably another 30% and then scattered about, you know, that, that other 30%. Okay. So still like Charlotte based though. Oh yeah. You're yeah. not dealing with yeah, I mean, California. Well, we, part, we, we do. And, and those people aren't really enamored by the tagline of course, but mm. yeah, we've got probably, when we look at our small business side of things, we're, we've probably got three clients that are all zoom, all out of state okay. type of clients. So okay. yeah. And, and we don't need to run like 200 clients. Like we're, <laughs> We're a lot less than that. Right. So. Right. Oh, that's good. One ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for the next one. There you go. IPivix. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but you know, I started my business because I really wanted to serve this community and even my neighbors, right? And and get more involved. And <clears throat> so I recognize that we all have unique gifts and talents and you surround yourself with people that do things you don't do and we all get better because of it, right? And I also like the solutions part of a business name. Being in sales and coming from sales, you can't force people into a box, right? They rarely fit and then that's when the salesy, they're trying to force me to do something I don't need or want comes into play. So it really came down to how can I serve and surround myself with other people with other gifts and talents and you know from a growth solution standpoint people need to grow in a lot of areas of their business and in their personal and professional yep. development right we have a leadership crisis on our hands around the world and a lot of people don't even know their purpose right mm -hmm. and so it was a collaboration of my purpose passion and profession and so when I read this verse it said each of you should use the talents you've been given to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms it was first Peter 410 and so that's what IPIVIC stands for it's Roman numerals IP 4 there you it's, go. it's funny because up till now I was like that seems like a whole bunch of Roman numerals but I couldn't place the P 
first Peter. Yeah, and that was why. Yeah, my sister actually came up with the Roman numeral idea. Yeah, no, I I was actually, it was funny because I was going to ask about the Roman numerals because I was like, it just sounds like, man, you're like, this is like some like 5,742 type of thing. You know, but that's cool because I I couldn't think of what the P was. No, that's pretty cool. That is pretty neat. Yeah. And it, it sounds, I mean... IPIVX is also like very closely tied to what everybody's been saying over the past two years with code is pivoting. Mm. I don't know if that was intentional or not. No, but, but this Scott, could be a Scott's good like, spin. Yeah. Scott's like, might have to use yeah. it. Pivot. I pivot. All of a right. sudden, this podcast has value. Exactly. Yeah. We did something for somebody. But I think it's time to retire. Oh, boy. That's, that is funny. So, I mean... Branding-wise, I mean, is there what? What else? What what rock haven't we flipped over? I, one of the things that, when I first started, I was kind of, you know, I would do a lot of our stuff. I would, you know, put stuff out, and it was never really consistent. Like, the message was consistent, but the look wasn't consistent. Mm. Colors weren't consistent. There's a lot of things that didn't match from one piece to the next. Yeah. And when I rebranded our website logo and did all that stuff. I made a conscious effort to anything I put out was at least in the same color scheme and all the stuff at least matched text wise. And, you know, it was kind of the same all the way through. So if you kind of look at our old stuff, it was very hodgepodge and, you know, Hey, this looks nice (laughs) where now it it, it definitely has a theme. So even if I take something that was somebody else's like, you know, vendors will put out, you know, data sheets and, you know, things that you can rebrand. I'll change the colors, I'll change the text, I'll change everything to match our company image. So it's the same consistent color, I keep touching the mic, same consistent color and everything across the board. And and that was something just learning. I mean, I didn't even think about it, you know, didn't know any better. And yeah. then going across, you know, it's, that's kind of, gives a more professional look. I, I think it it's does. funny because normally the speaker's like looking at one of us. You you guys can't see this, but would be looking at somebody else that's not speaking good. Stop touching the mic. <laughs> it was the speaker that time. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. Like everything should be consistent. And like when you're on anything that's a Google product, it just feels like a Google product. And like that's one of the better examples out there. And I think it's important to have that. And I actually did a, a pineapple photo shoot the other day. It was funny. I had a pineapple and he was wearing sunglasses and stuff. It's going to be all over my website. But the whole thing was just really leaning into the brand and having fun with it and stuff. Because what my whole brand is about. But it's going to be consistent, right? Data's fun. Data's fun. <laughs> Somebody told me to get fundata.com. I don't know if it's available or not. But for all the listeners, one of you probably has it because we've got millions. But <laughs> or, or it's getting it now. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> See what I can so, run this guy over for. Right. <laughs> But the consistency is important, and it, it does. It's very difficult as a data guy, as a math person. It's very difficult to put a value on that, but the value very much exists, and it's important. And, and I, oh. having looked at your website quite a lot in the last week because putting some <laughs> other stuff together, I would say you have a very deliberate color scheme mm-hmm. and branding on that website. Thank you. So uh, it looks nice. Like I said, it's all put together. I don't know if you had it professionally built, but. That's all me. Well, there you go. Jack's the man. (laughs) But it's a very deliberate color scheme, text, everything about it is very deliberate. And even some of the other stuff I've seen has that same feel to it. So Perfect. You always always have a pineapple in the background. Always. Yep. It's very much like Psych. For all of our Psych fans out there, there's always a (laughs) hidden pineapple. (laughs) Proud of you. (laughs) 
Come on, son. <laughs> I, I'd just say the brand image definitely is the <clears throat> the visual aspect. But anytime you're building a brand, right, your business brand. Right. I don't remember who wrote it years ago, but they said you have you keep the product and give me the brand, and I'll outsell you ten to one. And you look at any large name brand company out there, Nike, right? I mean, they put Nike logo on anything, and all of a sudden it's worth. 10x because it has their logo right and so when your brand is synonymous with something that people want your brand is extremely valuable if you build it right people look to trust i mean they're they're looking for that thing and when you've given them time and time again you've given them something that they can rely on eventually it's you that they rely on not what you're giving them and that's why that that same sentiment works because you get to that spot and it's like, yeah, I'll take the brand every day because no matter what I put my brand on, it's going to work for you. But I may have, you may have a product that doesn't work. I mean, Apple has many products that didn't work, but that has never stopped them from selling products because they've interacted with people in a way where people recognize Apple is innovative. I'm going to get the best technology. They've had some crap products when they, I, I remember studying this, but when they came out with the iPod, that was like the fifth version of something they were, it was some ridiculous thing where they had failed on so many occasions. Nobody ever talks about what they failed at. Yeah. They got the iPod, which became the iPhone, you know, so I mean, here we are, the, the most used product basically in the world. Well, and they're known for that were strictly of Brian Johnson. Well, I, <laughs> hey, I'm just saying for as innovation. A yeah, I, I'm not saying that. Look, I mean, I have a PC, so I'm, I'm not I'm not their person, but I'm just saying I recognize what they've done. I agree with that. Their brand is synonymous with innovation, yeah. not quality, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, you spend $1,000 on the phone, you got to wrap it in a, another case, and I mean, you drop it, good luck, you got to go buy another one, right? Yeah. Like, right? I wouldn't necessarily say quality, not to bash Apple, but their brand is synonymous with yeah. innovation. Yeah. And so if you're interested in having the latest gadgets that are going to have the coolest cutting-edge technology, that's it. But I mean, there's other issues that go with it, but that's why, you, that's why those people always buy. Well, and, and somebody, I was watching, you know, some of the woodworking stuff I do, that one of the things they had said was, it's not the quality, it's the brand. If they don't know who you are, they're never going to buy what you have. You could have the best quality in the world, but people knowing who you are and knowing your brand, those people will always buy over the better quality. It's oh. just because... Mm-hmm. They know what it is. I preach this though. I'm blue in the face almost every day. If you're not doing awareness campaigns for someone to know you even exist, you're going to get outsold all day long, right? You can have the best sales team, the best sales members out there doing all the missionary selling. They're always going to revert to who they just saw a commercial about. Right. right? And yeah, I mean, look at, look at a company like Yeti, right? I mean, that's like a status symbol to have a Yeti cooler. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even, I mean, who on this planet needs a cooler that can hold ice for, you know, 10 days? I live on the lake and everyone says, I can't believe you don't have a Yeti. And I'm like, I'm out on the boat for two hours. I can use a styrofoam cooler. I dump it out when I get home anyway. Right. right? Like, yeah. I don't I just, really need just, a Yeti. I just burn it when I get back. But I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if I, if I want to have a status symbol, I'm going to get a Yeti cooler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are better coolers out there. Right? There are, yeah. but people don't buy them because they want the, the Yeti. And Yeti's it's still the probably the most expensive one too. Because well, of the brand. The brand. And, and I got to, I got to see a presentation from the VP of marketing for Harley Davidson. And he was going through the history of how they've created their brand and what they've done. 
and there was a you know they 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 made a bike they they did everything but they were like synonymous for a long time with the hell's angels like you owned a harley when you really wanted to tell people like anarchy like f the law like all those things and yeah. they struggled to get out of that image because they had issues with the with the bikes and all of this so they went and they said well okay what if what if our brand becomes more family oriented and I mean, the truth is, like, I'm sure, like, it's 99% of Harley drivers are men. Harley riders are men, right? I mean, I'm not, there are plenty of women, but that 99% is probably fact-checked by Jack and accurate. Like, I'm sure he'd give it to me, but... I can go 95. Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, like, but even in that, like, they started changing their brand around where you walk in the stores and it looks new. They, they used to be dingy old, like motorhead places now they're like sparkly like colors they have little little harleys that kids can hop on and get their picture taken with i mean you want to create a customer for life yeah get eight-year-old johnny over here on a bike with a helmet and the leather jacket and get his picture taken on a harley when he decides he wants to ride a bike what bike is he buying yeah there's only one thought in his mind yeah, yeah. and so i mean they changed their branding entirely <laughs> And now they're the bike of like families. Like the most common rider is like the guy that has a wife and two kids. You know, I mean, that's what they've changed to. Yeah, with a comfortable back seat, comfortable yeah. second seat, some big yeah. saddlebags it's, to it's, keep everything. Yeah, it's not the rider that you, you know, a long time ago was synonymous with like you rode a Harley because you were probably breaking the law. Right. And you could say, let's ride to Arizona and they'd hop on and go, let's go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The average Harley rider puts 1,300 miles a year on a motorcycle. Yeah. I mean, they're not riding across country. Or right. Anything. Yeah. Right. They're not bad. good weekend trips, and that's it. <laughs> Let's yeah. jump in that riot. You know? <laughs> well, and, and I think, too, with another thing with, like, a brand, is if you take and you stack 10 things next to each other, and we'll take, like, McDonald's. Whether you like it, don't like it, you always know what you're going to get when you go to McDonald's. So if you have mm -hmm. three mom-and-pop shops and mcdonald's and you're hungry and you know you at least want a decent meal ish <laughs> you can go there and you know exactly what you're getting you're not getting an experiment you're not gonna yeah. you know how much you're gonna spend you know exactly what you're gonna get and i think that's where a brand who will shine over and and we have to bring mcdonald's back up for a for a strategy conversation too because they have one of the best ones ever but, but you're right, like, I mean, you're, you're picking something that in the end you want to go to because you at least know my kids will be happy. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we gone to some place we don't know, we walk down and go, right. oh, let's try something new. Let's yeah. not do that again. Yeah. <laughs> wrong, wrong, don't do that. <laughs> That's, we'll probably end on this theme of consistency, but I think it was, I think it was the Beijing Olympics 2008. I think it was when Usain Bolt set whatever records that he did. It was like his big year, and he only ate mcdonald's chicken tenders in like throughout the course of the games because he knew exactly what he was getting it was obviously regulated he just he didn't want to try something new it was <laughs> i didn't want to do this before <laughs> right i mean like i didn't yeah, want the street like, noodles yeah. because <laughs> i might have been sitting on the pot for a while <laughs> right. might have missed the race <laughs> got the sweats <laughs> right go ahead to wrap up so so the the one thing i will say when we're talking about brand right and what would inspire anyone to jump into a market where there's already completely existing, well-defined brands like McDonald's, Burger King on that theme? Why in the world would someone like Chick-fil-A want to jump into that? I get it. They have a chicken sandwich, but so did the others. 
but what's differentiated them? Service. Customer service. Yeah. That differentiates yeah. almost every brand. If you get into a new market, if you give impeccable customer service, you it doesn't matter how good your technology is, that one of the companies I worked for for 14 years had the best technology, and we were known well, because of our customer service. And, and on yeah. that service note, because I've talked about this too, because I've studied that one as well, it's funny because if you ever ask the question, like, what what is good customer service? Because everybody says they have it. But if everybody has it, how come everybody doesn't win off of it? Right. What does good customer service mean? And you'll find, you'll get a million answers. Chick-fil-A actually defined it. Like, they actually define what customer service means to them. And they make their, they have four stages. They make all their employees follow all four steps. But 90% of the time when I do workshops and ask, like, I can have 10 people in the room, tell me what customer service means to you, and I'll get like eight answers. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, eight, if 10 people can't tell you what customer service means, how can every company claim to have good customer service? Because I do. Right. Well, that's it. Because <laughs> we said that we do, so we do. End yeah. of story. Yeah. And if we follow it up with, it's my pleasure, it must be true. That's right. right. <laughs> there you go. With all due respect. Right. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> well, it has been our pleasure hosting you. Thanks, Scott, for joining yes, as a guest host. Appreciate it. And uh, much more information and laughs to come next time. And I'm going to say thanks to the, the fox and the hound. I think you just did. All right. <laughs> if I had a perfect day, I would have it start this way. Open up the fridge and have a tall boy. Yeah. Then I'd meet up with my friends. 